BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome along to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing three years of Mikel Arteta. Three years to the day since Mikel Arteta was appointed head coach, has since been promoted to manager of the football club, and we're going to be reflecting on slash celebrating Mikel Arteta's tenure so far. Really, really looking forward to this episode. I've been thinking long and hard about all the things that I want to say uh, on this edition. I even sat down earlier today to make some notes. I sat there, I started scouring the internet. I was looking for stats and facts and all sorts to back up the points that I was going to make. And then I just thought, actually, you know, scrap that. What's the point? You know, you can read the stats anywhere. You can um, you know, you can make your own conclusions from those statistics. They are plastered all over the internet. Every time we win a game, someone will tweet the win percentage. Every time we lose a game, somebody will, uh, you know, publicize a stat in relation to that. So I'm not going to do a statistical deep dive or statistical analysis of Mikel Arteta's tenure so far. Instead, I'm just going to speak from the heart. I'm just going to talk to you guys about how I've felt during Mikel Arteta's journey as Arsenal boss, the ups, the downs, and there have been plenty of both. Let's make no mistake about that. And I'm going to be talking about how I feel now and and how it looks and how we can, you know, or how we should be feeling in terms of, you know, optimism, because there is an optimism there. And, you know, I'm surprised when I talk to people who say that they aren't optimistic that Arsenal are moving in the right direction. That shocks me. Because I think it's so clear that Arsenal are moving the right way. I think it's so clear that Arsenal are moving in a positive direction. But we're going to get into all of that on this edition of the show. Uh, let me say a few hellos. Uh, Henry is with us. Big hello to Trev as well. Harvey uh, Diagene is with us. Marco, uh, Jimmy Flo, Jean Rene, Des, uh, Aiden, uh, lots and lots of you. Lovely Lion. Um, the Manhattan Short Film Festival channel is with us. The Lisu is with us. Um, there's so many of you. I'm not going to go through every single person because that's all we'll do. Um, <laughs> Junior Gunner says, I bet Arteta's defense lawyer couldn't wait to make this. <laughs> yeah, I've been called that a fair few times, uh, haven't I? Mikel Arteta's um, defense lawyer. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm used to it, you know. Um, it, it doesn't phase me anymore. It doesn't irritate me anymore. It doesn't get under my skin anymore. 
Uh, it sounds like it does, but it, it really doesn't, honestly. Uh, but anyway, let's um, let's talk about this then. Let's break it down. Let's talk Mikel Arteta's journey as Arsenal boss, because it's been an interesting journey. I think when we moved on from Arsene Wenger, the general consensus was that we need somebody who is ready. We need somebody who is going to come in and bring something to the club straight away and put us in a position where we're back in the Champions League ASAP. Arsene Wenger, obviously, with his side, fell out of the Champions League. And there was a there was a feeling that although we had fallen away and, and we dropped out of that position, that we weren't a million miles from it. And that just a tweak in terms of management and a few signings in the summer, that that would change things. But how wrong were we? You know, we brought in Unai Emery, who came in, did a good job in his first season. You have to say that. Uh, we narrowly missed out on Champions League qualification, which can happen to any manager. Um, and, and of course, we lost in the Europa League final. The only thing I would say about Emery, and I've said this a million and one times, so I don't want to get stuck on this point, but I think that he took some decisions, particularly at the back end of that season, that cost us a Champions League qualification place via the Premier League. And so then it was all riding on the Europa League final. And when you lose that and you lose it in that fashion, then you know, you're know you swimming against the tide. Add to that that, of course... Uh, the start of his second season was dreadful. You know, by the time Mikel Arteta was appointed, I think Arsenal were languishing down in the bottom half of the table, not doing very well, um, you know, not not performing, not, not looking as though we were moving in any type of positive direction. And I think by the time Unai Emery was sacked, I think most people agreed that that needed to happen. But what we failed to realise probably as fans and as onlookers and as people that had watched Arsenal go through such incredible successful periods, I don't think a lot of us were willing to accept that actually wholesale change was need, needed. Actually, bigger changes were needed. Actually, what needed to happen was we needed to rip it all out and start again. And when you rebuild something, inevitably, you will encounter problems along the way that you did not plan for. Ask anybody in the building trade, how many times have you gone to start a job, priced up the job, got going and then found other bits and pieces that needed doing along the way that either cost the client or cost you because you've already given a price that you want to honor. And then you have to, um, you have to try and, you know, tackle that problem as best as you can. I think you're always going to find unexpected problems and you're always going to have bumps in the road when you're trying to turn something so big around. And that's what needed to happen at Arsenal. You know, when you think about now, how many players have left the club? How many players have joined the club? You talk about overhaul of the squad. It is absolutely huge, but I don't think it's even a debate. I don't. I think it's undeniable that Arsenal as a squad are in a much better place today than they were when Mikel Arteta took over. And have there been some painful periods along the way? Of course they have. There have been lots, you know, and I think when you consider, as I say, where we were and where we are today, you have to say, although you know, maybe the first part of Mikel Arteta's tenure led to lots of, um, you know, lots of questions being asked. You have to say the second half of that three-year period, at least, has been very, very positive. You know, let's let's take it right back to when he joined. I said we were in a really poor position and we absolutely were. But he comes in and he goes on and wins Arsenal the FA Cup. And why did he win the FA Cup? Not because the players were different, not because of any reason other than he brought a more pragmatic approach to the club. He brought, you know, a, a tactical know-how, 
a tactical nous that even Unai Emery, who's won, you know, multiple Europa Leagues, just couldn't get his... Look, with Unai Emery, I think he he is a manager that can be pragmatic, okay? We've seen that time and time again. He is a manager whose probably instinct is to be the pragmatist, whose instinct is to go out against bigger teams and be that little bit more careful and that little bit more cautious to hang in games, to stay in games. And, you know, and at a lot of the clubs that he's been with, that suited him. You know, it suited the club, but it's also suited him. And it's been a, a real good marriage. The problem was that when he came to Arsenal, Unai Emery, I think he was blown away by what a big football club this is. I think he was blown away by the global scale of this club. And I think he felt a pressure and a need to play in a certain way. But actually, that wasn't true to Unai Emery's identity. He is not that coach that plays open, expansive football. He hasn't been, you know, since he departed from Arsenal and he never was prior to his arrival either. So, you know, Mikel Arteta come in, uh, coming in brought something different to the table. He came in, he looked at Manchester City in the semi-final, a team that he knew all about, a team whose weaknesses he understood as well as its strengths. And he devised a plan to make Arsenal competitive into that game. Uh, competitive in that game, I beg your pardon. And we were exactly that. We were competitive and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang as an individual turned up with moments of brilliance and Arsenal ended up winning the game and booking the place in the final against Chelsea. And again, Mikel Arteta looked at a stronger team. Mikel Arteta looked at the plan that worked in the game against City, made some slight tweaks and adjustments to that based on the opponent we were facing, found a way of getting something closer to the best out of the players that had been underperforming for months prior. And we were able to get that result against Chelsea again, largely thanks to Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's individual brilliance and Arsenal go on and win the FA Cup. But then what happens when Arsenal win the FA Cup? What happens is that the minute you win that trophy, the expectation level rises beyond your control because people are looking at it and they're going, well, th this guy's bloody magic. This guy's come in. And within months, he has taken Arsenal onto lifting silverware. And he's not done it by chance. He's not done it against a couple of poor sides. He's not done it based on the luck of the draw. He's beaten two of the best sides, not just in England, but in Europe, in order to get there. And so, as I say, the expectation levels go crazy around Mikel Arteta. And unfortunately for us, we came back down to earth pretty quickly the following season because we really, really struggled. So the first eighth place finish... You know, I don't want to put that on Mikel Arteta because he took over in December. You know, we were too far into, um, you know, into into the campaign for him to have that much of an impact. He had some impact. Uh, we also went out and bought players under Unai Emery that we were now stuck with, essentially, for a period of time. who we were on big money, which restricted what Mikel Arteta could do uh, from the off in the transfer market. So the first eighth place finish, I don't put it down to him. The second eighth place finish, you have to. Yes, we were going through a transition. Yes, we were trying to rebuild. Yes, Mikel Arteta was a very new manager still trying to find his feet. And he probably still is that to a point. But what we had was we had a manager learning on the job. And I think at times in that season prior to the last one, it showed. I think there were moments where Mikel Arteta showed himself to be naive. I think the way he handled some of the situations with some of the players that were in and around the squad um, was questionable. 
And I'm not saying that they didn't deserve to be moved on or that they didn't deserve to be banished, essentially, because ultimately he knew what his goal was. He knew that he wanted to change the culture. He knew that he wanted to rip it all out and start again. He knew that these people were not going to be in it for the long haul. And he knew that they had to go. But I think it took a bit of time for us as fans and for onlookers to understand exactly how deep the problems at Arsenal ran at that point. Mikel Arteta did because he saw it. He knew it before he came in. And I think if you, the, the thing that gives you the most, I, I think the thing that really ratifies the point that Mikel Arteta has done a good job in this three-year period is that if you go back and watch his interview that he gave, the press conference, I beg your pardon, that he gave when he was appointed Arsenal boss, and you listen to all of the things he said in detail, you're watching them happen. You're watching them unfold in front of you. So that means not only did he have the foresight to see what was needed and where we had to go to first in order to get to where we are today, but he also had then the balls to carry that out and carry that out even when there were big sections of the fan base calling for his head, even when sections of the media were calling him an amateur and clueless and, you know, beyond uh, this job being beyond him, you know, they they constantly dug into him and so many of our fans did as well. I had moments when I looked at it and I went, I don't know if this is actually going to work. I want it to, but I'm not sure. I had moments when I looked at it and I went, I can't really see where it's going. But I think at least for the last year and a half to two years, I think there's been there's been clear progress. And I think when you can see progress, you're willing to give something more time. When you can see the direction of travel, you're willing to accept that sometimes you have to wait and sometimes you have to be patient and sometimes you have to let things ripen by themselves. And, you know, now we're in a place today while I'm recording this 20th of December, 2022, with five points clear at the top of the Premier League. We've got a win percentage rate in the Premier League so far this season of over 86%. And we are absolutely flying. This is beyond what anybody expected Arsenal could achieve in the first part of this season. Way beyond it. So how can you mark him down? How can you knock him? Arsenal are on the right path. And if we're to believe the news, um, you know, if you were to believe some of the news that is coming out of Spain today, it looks like we may have, and, and we haven't got confirmation of this, but we may have um, managed to tie Gabriel Martinelli down to another long-term contract up to 2027. That's what you want, okay? You want Arsenal not just to invest in bringing players in from the outside, but you want Arsenal to identify good young talents and then invest in them and build in them. And this is all part of Mikel Arteta's vision. This is all part of Edu's vision. The pair together are a brilliant combination. It's taken a bit of time for people to see that. It's taken a bit of time for people to work that out. But it is undeniable now that Arsenal are much healthier than they were when Mikel Arteta took over. Now, people might say, yeah, but you know what? Arsenal have spent a bit of money in the last couple of years. Arsenal have brought a lot of players in in the last couple of years. Absolutely, they have. And they haven't brought an awful lot in in terms of transfer fees. So what you have to then do is take some of that praise that you're putting on Mikel Arteta and you're putting it on Edu and you need to apply that to the ownership who, again, have been through periods where people have asked serious questions, who have been through periods where their intentions have been questioned. But here we are today through their investment at the top of the pile and competitive again. And, you know, there's no guarantees in football. There's only one Premier League title. Only one team can win it. And there are probably four or five that have the resources to do that. Maybe more. 
And Arsenal, you know, in terms of resources, are certainly not at the top of the pile, but we are competitive right now. And that's with thanks to the ownership for A, identifying the right manager, but then B, backing him and supporting him. Because it's easy to appoint someone based on their ideas, but then you've got to really believe in those ideas for you to put your hand in your pocket and then essentially back those ideas and support those ideas and to stick with him even during very, very difficult periods, um, you know, is a is a show of faith from them. Uh, but it also shows to us, the fans, that, yeah, they, you know, they do believe in this and they believe in this a lot deeper because they know him better. They know more about what Mikel Arteta's plan was. They are privy to it. We are not. We are, we as people that watch the club, follow the club, talk about the club, commentate on the club, we are constantly trying to work out the angle. That's what fans do. We're constantly trying to put ourselves in the boardroom. We're trying to put ourselves in the dressing room. We are always speculating and trying to work out exactly what is going on. The people that make the decisions, they do know exactly what's going on. And they clearly saw enough from Mikel Arteta to, you know, to back him. And they saw enough from Mikel Arteta to suggest that he was taking the club back in the right direction. And so he is being supported and rightly so. You know, you think back to um, last season, we were desperately unlucky, in my opinion, not to finish in the Champions League positions. A couple of injuries, key injuries at the back end of the campaign, I thought had a real big impact. Real big impact. You've got to add to it as well. Our star man, Aubameyang, our centre forward, who was supposed to be that leader, the guy that was going to get us out of the line, uh, over the line when it really mattered, spent months sulking and, and was banished because his behaviour was completely unacceptable because he lacked professionalism. So that's another thing. You know, when I talked about problems that Mikel Arteta encountered along the way that he probably didn't account for, probably didn't expect, that's, an, that's another one of them. That's a prime example of one of them and arguably the biggest one of them. There was the Ozil situation. You know, there was COVID. That was massive as well. Uh, you know, how many managers you know, struggled to deal with the COVID situation, let alone a manager who'd never managed before this job. But Mikel Arteta took that all in his stride. You know, there have been so many problems along the way and he seems to just manage to overcome every single one of them. He's a problem solver and a fixer. And that is what you need when you're struggling. You know, that is what you need um, as a football club, I think, to have a leader who takes things on his own back and then deals with them and, and finds solutions. And Mikel Arteta always believed that if you get the environment right, then you have a greater chance of succeeding. You can't succeed if you're not uh, sort of breeding the right environment and you're not, you know, creating the right energy within the club. And I think that's a big, big thing for him. And I think over time, the more he's got his own players in, the more he's got rid of some of the dead wood, the stronger that's become. And as a consequence, I don't think it's any coincidence that the results have been better and the team has been better too. So, um, yeah, really, really good stuff. Uh, Brio... Uh, who's joining us, says that let's not forget how he's been letting the dead wood go. Absolutely. We needed to get rid of loads of them. We needed to cut loose so many players and he's been able to do that. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year, producing a balanced budget, not just for football, and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favourite podcast app. Future you 
will thank you. He's taken big decisions. And again, the club have supported him in these decisions because it would have been very easy for KSE to go, mate, we are paying Aubameyang an absolute shit ton of money. Why are you not playing him? It would have been very easy for them to do the same with Mesut Ozil. But again, they saw the bigger picture. Again, they backed the manager and they understood what it was he was trying to do and therefore backed him. You've got to remember, okay, that, that Mikel Arteta won't have wanted to make a lot of these decisions. That Mikel Arteta won't have, you know, he won't have thought when he first arrived at the club, I want to bin out Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. He would have watched him win him the FA Cup pretty much and gone, this guy's fantastic. I need to build around this guy. And then to have that all flip and turn, it's it's an obstacle. It's something that you've got to deal with. And I think what we've got is a manager that's headstrong enough and believes in himself enough, maybe not even believes in himself, but believes in his principles enough and values them enough that he won't let anybody break them and he won't let anybody compromise that because of the impact it has on the changing room. And look, Aubameyang went, Arsenal, you know, managed to, um, you know, compete for a Champions League position right until the death last season, desperately unlucky not to make it. But the improvement started before that, because if you look back at the second half of the season prior, Arsenal were much improved. So the progress now has been there for a season and a half, plus half of this season, nearly half. And what you're talking about is essentially almost two seasons of improvement now. So this is not a flash in the pan. This is not Arsenal started the Premier League this season, have had a bit of fortune, a bit of a purple patch and are now flying. This has been coming over time. And that's why it needed time, because the foundations needed to be put in place. You know, we've talked for years and years and years about the core of this Arsenal team. We've talked about needing that spine. We've talked about needing, um, you know, needing to have that really strong and high quality spine that is essentially the the makeup of the team with players around it to complement it. And we've got that now. You know, we've got a goalkeeper in Aaron Ramsdale that whatever you think of him is someone that is in it for the long haul. Somebody that Arsenal identified as a long-term target, hence spending what they spent on him. You've got centre-backs in William Saliba and Gabriel who are of an age where they could be our centre-backs for the next five, six seasons. Not a problem. Ben White falls into that category too. You take it on into midfield and you've got a core made up of Thomas Partey, who's superb. Granite Xhaka, who's been a new man completely since Mikel Arteta took over. And that's, again, a credit to the boss and the player, of course. Martin Odegaard, our captain, is part of that spine. And then you've got a top draw centre-forward in Gabriel Jesus with the quality and dynamism of Saka and Martinelli around them. We are building in the right way. Are we a little bit short in certain positions still? Yeah, we are. And are we lacking depth a little bit? Yeah, we are. But that will come. You don't build the depth before you build the best team. You build the team and then you build depth to support that team and to prop that team up. Okay, the foundations of the team were already there. But now you need to start adding quality uh, in numbers. And Arsenal are doing that. You know, Arsenal are doing that, which is obviously uh, great news. Uh, Delisu says uh, Arteta has the makings to become an elite manager and the ownership have backed him. Absolutely. They have backed him. Um, they have, they really have, they've supported him. Um, they've given him everything he's needed within what they're willing to do and what they're able to do. And as I said before, they've backed him through difficult periods, but also on big decisions, decisions that divided the fan base and could have quite easily have divided the boardroom as well. 
And you've got to remember that, that even when, I mean, you watch the Amazon doc, even when Edu was a little bit unsure about the Aubameyang thing and, and wasn't quite, you know, I, I guess convinced about what the best plan of attack was on this situation. He took his manager's word into account. He listened to him. He understood the reasons why it needed to be done and Arsenal proceeded to do that. So, yeah, look, I think when you think about it now, we've got a young, dynamic, exciting team that's sitting top of the Premier League. And you know what? We might not win it this year. We probably won't win it this year. We probably won't win the Premier League. But we are, I think, I'm pretty confident that Arsenal are going to get back in the Champions League. And that would have been the goal at the outset of the season. And not only that, I turn up and I'm excited. I turn up and I can't wait to watch this Arsenal team play. I'm invested emotionally, not just in the team, but in the manager, in the sporting director, in everybody. I really feel on board with what we have at Arsenal Football Club right now. And I haven't been able to say that I've been on board with most aspects of the club for a long, long time. You know, towards the end of Wenger's tenure, I wasn't totally on board with him. I felt like as great as he was in the past, you know, the game was passing him by a little bit and things needed to change. Then post Wenger, I certainly wasn't on board with Unai Emery. I wasn't on board with Sven Mislintat. I wasn't on board with Ivan Gazidis for long periods of time. Now I am on board with the manager. I'm on board with Edu. I'm warming to Josh Kroenke, you know, which I never thought would be the case when the Super League stuff all came about. But I have to say I'm getting there. And yeah, you know, we're moving in the right direction and that's ultimately what you want. Listen, a lot of people talk about what you win, where you finish in the league. All of these things are, of course, massive, right? And of course, play uh, into, into how you feel about your football club at any given time, right? You win things, most of the problems are swept under the carpet. That's just how it goes. That's the reality of life. That's the reality of football. But for me, I, I felt like, particularly post-Wenger, and in between Wenger's, obviously, departure and then Arteta taking over, I felt that, not that I lost the love for my club, because I don't think that will ever happen, but I felt as though I'd, I'd taken a bit of distance from my club. You know, I felt as though we'd gone through so many years of disappointment without anything really changing, and so many years of disappointment without anything looking like it was going to get remotely better. And you you get into a point of not that you don't care, uh, sorry, not that you are angry, not that you're upset. I think that's the first stage. What you get to is a point of apathy. And I think as a fan, that's the worst place you can be in where you don't really care either way. It sounds stupid, but it's almost healthier to be angry about something going on at your club because it means you've still got that passion and that's burning fire inside you for the football club. It's better to be that, I think, in my opinion, than it is to be apathetic and, you know, distanced from the football club that you adore and you've grown up following. And I got to that point. I really did. Not completely where I'd switch off. Listen, my job is to cover Arsenal and I'll always be across Arsenal. And I'll always love Arsenal, but I did get to a. I, I didn't realize maybe where I was at that point until now, when I know that I'm completely invested and completely buzzing and completely behind everything that's going on at the moment and the people that are making the decisions. I love so many of our players. The stability thing, as Steve points out in the chat, is massive. It's huge, and the reason it's huge is because if you can't compete with Manchester City, PSG, Real Madrid, and all of those Manchester United. 
If you can't compete with them financially, you compete with them in different ways. The way that Liverpool have competed in recent years. You have a good manager. You have good people behind the scenes. You have a clear plan. You execute the plans well. And you then close the gap that is obviously created by finances. Will you always be able to close it enough? Will you always be able to get on top? Maybe not. But you close the gap by having good people in the right places, good coaches, good players, you know, young talent, you know, and also as well, these sort of investments that we're making in some of these young players. So, for example, giving Martinelli, if indeed that is going to happen, a new contract, giving Saka one, which we hope is something that we're going to achieve in the not too distant future. What you do is you protect your football club as well in a way that this club had never been protected for the years prior to that. We will never have a situation, or we hope that we'll never have a situation. At least we can say steps are being taken, um, you know, to prevent that happening. You won't have a situation where you're a hostage to a player. You know, somebody like Gabby Martinelli, okay, we all love him. Nobody wants him to go anywhere. I certainly don't. But if he did want to go somewhere and we had him tied down on a contract to 2027 and therefore can demand a big fee for him, we've protected ourselves as a football club. And that was something that we never did in the past. You know, whether it was Van Persie, whether it was Nasri, whether it was Alexis Sanchez, Cesc Fabregas even, we allowed ourselves to get to the point where players weren't going to commit um, and players that, you know, players that could be picked off from us without us receiving adequate compensation. I mean, you think about, you know, we allowed Alexis Sanchez to go. And what did we get? A washed up Henrik Mkhitaryan. Because we didn't protect ourselves. And we couldn't protect ourselves because we couldn't get the team to a competitive level. We couldn't protect ourselves. We couldn't get these guys to commit because they looked at what was going on as much as on the pitch, but behind the scenes and could not see the progress. They could not see where Arsenal Football Club were going. Robin Van Persie has since admitted as much. And Arsene Wenger, unfortunately, you know, he was a victim of that as well, but he also protected, he protected the wrong people. And I think that then led to breakdowns in his relationship between uh, him and some of the players. And, you know, all of those things were just rotten to the core. And and now we're here, we're, we're in a place where a lot of these young players who have come up with Mikel Arteta not necessarily been handed their debuts by him, but have gone to another level with him, feeling a loyalty, but also being able to justify staying and committing their long-term futures because they can see that the club is being ambitious, that the club is moving in the right direction and because the club uh, is on an upward trajectory. And that is so, so important. I mean, there's only so many seasons that Bukayo Saka is going to accept not playing in the Champions League. There's only so many seasons that Gabby Martinelli is going to be okay with not playing in the Champions League. So you get in the Champions League and you kill that problem. And what you have to do to keep the very best players and to keep progressing is to keep achieving and to keep pushing forward and to keep moving in the right direction. The problem is, is that when you hit your ceiling, that's when people start to get a little bit unhappy and a little bit tetchy. The point is the way we're going, we're nowhere near close to hitting our ceiling at the moment. You know, we're just getting started with this young group of really intelligent, exciting young footballers, a really young, exciting and intelligent manager, a young, exciting and intelligent sporting director. And if you take Josh Kroenke uh, at face value, who seems to be 
handling most of the Arsenal-related affairs now and put Stan Kroenke to one side, it seems like we've got a relatively young and exciting and intelligent owner as well. And so, you know, you've got to look at all of this and say, yes, we are moving in the right direction. We are happy. We are buzzing. We are absolutely buzzing. And, you know, to be at this point, as Mikel Arteta celebrates his third year anniversary as Arsenal boss, is is brilliant. Because if you think about where we were 18 to 24 months ago, it, it's in stark contrast. If you think to where some people were when we missed out on the Champions League last season, to be where we are today, again, is a stark contrast. And listen, emotion comes into football a lot, okay? And when you suffer a disappointment, like missing out on the Champions League last season, like going to White Hart Lane in that game that we did and getting beaten so comprehensively, you know, I was at that game and it was a really difficult one to take, really, really tough. When you experience those things and you feel those emotions, then of course, you know, you're going to have a raw reaction. And of course, sometimes that reaction is going to lead to you saying harsh things. It's going to lead to you having harsh points of view, harsh opinions. But at the end of the day, sometimes you need the dust to settle a little bit to be able to look back. And I was very much of the view that once the dust settled at the end of last season, we'd look back and say, actually, there was a hell of a lot of progress there. Not just in terms of where we finished as a team, but in terms of how some of our players developed, how our manager has developed. And you look at him today, he's a completely different manager to the one that took over the reins three years ago to the day. So, um, yeah, look, it's all moving in the right direction. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the ride. Three years of Mikel Arteta as Arsenal boss. Uh, it is something that we should be celebrating because of where we are today. You know, and he's committed his future to the club as well, which is amazing. That's what you want. Um, you know, and, and that stability that he brings us and the stability that comes with having people behind the scenes all singing from the same hymn sheet is massive. I'm not saying Arsenal are going to go on and win the Premier League title. I'm not saying any of that. I've been very reluctant to say that. And I've been battered for having low standards, according to some. But at the end of the day, I'm enjoying the ride. I'm enjoying where Arsenal are going. I'm fully in on Mikel Arteta. I'm fully backing him, fully backing the, the players. And, uh, you know, let's see what the second half of the season holds for us. And hopefully uh, it will be positive and hopefully uh, we can achieve something amazing. And, um, yeah, let's let's see where we end up. Uh, thank you all uh, so, so much uh, for joining me and listening to that monologue for a good half an hour or so. Uh, but I thought it was really important that we did this show today because, yeah, as I say, you know, sometimes you you can get bogged down in the stats. Sometimes you can, uh, you know, just reel off stats and talk about that and, you know, what that means and, and all of that. But sometimes you got to go with your feelings. Sometimes you got to talk from the heart. Football clubs um, and you know, the way we connect to them, it's it's such an emotional thing. And so for me, sometimes it isn't about the stats. It's the same when I talk about players that I love, right? Some people go to me, like I said to someone the other day that, um, you know, I absolutely used to love Dennis Burkamp, And they said to me, oh yeah, but you know, Dennis Burkamp in comparison to Thierry Henry didn't score anywhere near enough goals, didn't get anywhere near enough assists, et cetera, et cetera. And I totally accept that on a statistical basis, that is accurate. But actually, sometimes a player can make you feel a certain way. Sometimes a team can make you feel a certain way. And those emotions are bigger than any statistical, um, you know, number for me as a fan, because I'm an emotive Arsenal supporter. And that's how I feel. 
Um, and right now I feel good. And right now I feel invested. And of course, there'll be bumps along the road. Of course, there'll be disappointments. But I'm feeling really good about the club. And while some people will say that Mikel Arteta has had loads of time now and that he's had loads of money to spend and lots of backing and lots of support. And, you know, that that's where we should be based on all of those things. I prefer to look at it as this is the guy that came in with no managerial experience that the club were big on, clearly because they believed in his vision and his ideas and had obviously had some sort of conversations in the past. This is a guy who came in, picked our club up off of the ground and has now elevated it to a place where we are top of the best league in world football. And, you know, we're going to kick off on Boxing Day in that position. You know, that that is that is progress. Trust the process, judge it with the progress and, you know, go with how you feel. And I feel great about Arsenal at the moment. I really, really do. Um, thank you all so much, as I say, for tuning in. Really, really appreciate it. If you wouldn't mind leaving a like on the video, that would really, really help. There's over a couple of hundred of you with me right now. If we could get up to 100 likes, that would be amazing. Uh, don't forget as well to subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. That really, really helps too. And uh, thank you so, so much. We'll be back tomorrow with some more Arsenal-related content and we'll do a Q&A then uh, just to bring people up to speed. There are rumours coming out of Spain uh, claiming that Gabriel Martinelli has agreed a new contract extension with the Gunners that will see him remain at the club until 2027. But we haven't had that officially confirmed yet. So hold fire on that. But it's a positive rumour. Should we call it that? Can you call it that? I don't know. Anyway, thank you all so, so much. Three years of Mikel Arteta. Let me know your thoughts on his tenure so far in the comments section below and I will read through every single one of them and respond where I can as well. Cheers, everybody. Thank you. Goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon.